Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome to episode 85 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're going to go ahead and cover episodes 7, so 407, 707, and 607. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. We had an emotional week in Chicagoland, didn't we? Yeah, it was a very emotional yeah. week. Um, I mean, very much like the week in the real world, but... Yeah, it was an emotional week and a week of realizations on a lot of people's parts. Um, There was like everybody in med. Well, med, yeah, med, but then at the end of PD, Jay had this really big realization. So, yeah, a lot of realizations too. So much to unload tonight. So, so much. So, as always, we do like to start with the news and we got a good amount of news this week and a lot of it's good news too. Yeah, there's nothing that's not good news. Woohoo! All right, so we're going to start right off. Okay, so first bit of news comes to us from Chicago Med. Specifically, Tori is the source on this one. And this, this, all the Pretty Little Liars fans out there are going to be super happy about this. But Ian Harding is coming to Chicago Med. I did not watch Pretty Little Liars. Bryna, did you? Nope, I think I maybe made it through the first, like, ten back in the day. But, nah, I'm not. You made it further than I did. I... Yeah, I only made it about three or four in, but I do know, or we both know actually, that Ian Harding played Ezra on Pretty Little Liars. Yep. And that is a big deal, because he was interested in Lucy Hill's character, whose name was, don't tell me, Arya? Yeah. Yes! See, I know things. I drink and I know things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we don't really have any details at this time, except for that his character's name is Philip. And yeah, we don't really know anything about Philip, but if I remember correctly, you know, f- coming from the Pretty Little Liars fans and people who have followed Tori throughout her career, I feel like a lot a lot of fans have wanted to see this happen for a while, that Ian Harding would come over to med. Yeah, well, and it's funny because Ashley texted us, um, Ashley, who was on, I mean, all the time last year. But Ashley texted us, and she was like, oh, my God, I've been wanting this to happen for, like, three years. She's like, maybe I'll actually, like, she hasn't been watching. She's been just, with like, crazy with her schedule. She hasn't had time to, like, sit down and watch. She's like, I'll bet I'll definitely be watching when he comes on. And I was like, okay, there we go. Yeah, so that's good news. That's cool. We'll see who Philip is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I just almost burped into the mic, so I just saved myself by not doing that, so... But now everybody knows that I almost did. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we got that scoop. Um, over on PD, we got a deleted scene. Hey. Bryna, will you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. It was Upton and Ruzik from last week. That was last week, right? The, yes. Okay. No. Was Disco Bob last week? Yes. No, Disco Bob was two weeks ago. Disco Bob was two weeks ago, so it was from two weeks ago. 
Oh, man. Yeah. If there's any doubt as to whether real life is just kind of doing its real life thing and kicking us in the butt right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't I mean, it wasn't even that long. It was like 40 seconds, like nothing too crazy. But we did get another Upton and Ruzik deleted scene. And just deleted scenes are always nice to see. But there was nothing like noteworthy or anything. I love deleted scenes. I would take an entire DVD extra of just deleted scenes. Me too. Especially from the early seasons. Mm-hmm. When oh, we weren't yes. tweeting them out all the time. Think namely, about- the one... What? No, go ahead. I was going to say, namely, the one when Atwater visits Burgess in the hospital after she shot. Yeah. But whatever. I was just going to say, think about all the ones that are just sitting there on the cutting floor that they... Had they, like... I don't know what changed and why they started tweeting them out last year, but, like, think about if they had been tweeting out deleted scenes for, like, ever. Like, since the beginning. I know. It would be amazing. I wonder why we don't get more of the other shows. Like, have we ever gotten a fire one? Like, ever? I mean, like, recently? Oh, good question. Like, we have gotten a fire one. We got the one when Herman and Connie planned the birthday party when they were double booked. Oh, yeah. We do get fire. Like, we've, I know recently this season, too, we've gotten, like, two med ones. I don't think we've gotten a fire one this season. But, like, we never get fire and hardly ever get med. They're always all PD. It's because usually the PD kids will let us know if something was, like, cut and then the fans will bitch and then the account's just like, all right, all right, here, have it. True. Because when Burgess's sister was raped, um, there was a scene at the end and Burgess was like, oh, they are Burgess Marina. Sorry, I'm not LaRoyce. I can't call her Burgess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Marina had tweeted after that episode and she's like, no, there was like a really sweet scene between she and Ruzik that got cut. And the fans just went nuts, probably myself included. It's been a while. And then the show account tweeted and they were like, here, here, have your deleted scene here. And that's the perfect one when they drop Zoe off at school and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that yeah, sweet little yeah. back rub. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we did get an, uh, a deleted scene featuring the Um, Yeah. We also got a deleted line from Chicago Fire 706, thanks to Derek. Derek will do this thing every now and then where he will tweet out a script page. And he always says it's like for those of uh, for those of you who like it on the page, which I freaking love. I just I like hit the roof out of like geekdom when that happens because I love seeing it on the page. But yeah, this was a pretty funny little one liner. Um, this was last week when Cruz was trying to teach everybody Spanish, and Herman was basically like, "No, I'm not learning." And so w- one of the lines that got deleted, Cap says, "Yeah, Tony barely speaks English," and Tony's just sitting at the table and just goes, "True," and that's it. It's so funny. So funny. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere on fire, we got an episode description for 708. So this is next week's episode. Brian, will you take us through it, please? Yes. Um, Firehouse 51 is called into battle. A dangerous structure fire that takes, that places everyone in peril. Severide makes a big personal realization, continuing on our theme from this week. And Casey lends another helping hand to Naomi, the investigative reporter. So if everyone's in peril, this isn't the mid-season finale, is it? No, because Casey and Naomi kiss in episode nine. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. And we but definitely... the last one before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I would say nine or ten. 
it would be the last ones before Thanksgiving. But yeah. So no. Wait, so are Casey and Naomi going to kiss as like my birthday present? Is that going to air on the first week of December? Well, we're not getting in November. So yeah. Yeah. I don't want that for my birthday. No offense. But no. Two years ago, I got a Dossie wedding for my birthday. Okay. Like you can't go from a Dossie wedding to a Naomi and Casey kiss. Yeah, well, I'll make it up to you with your glove calendar. So there we go. Oh, yes. The glove calendar. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to put it somewhere. I'm buying you that damn glove calendar. So you better hang it up. Well, better. uh, Well, better. We'll have to post a link to this glove calendar so the listeners can see what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about glove from Dancing with the Stars. If you don't, if you, yeah. I mean, I love glove. Love club so I'll hang it somewhere. I can't <laughs> take it to the office, though. It'll be too obvious. They'll be like, uh, huh? didn't we just hire you? Like, why do you have naked men in your office? <laughs> yeah. But did you see them, like, showing up to the executive producers? It was, like, her birthday yesterday or whatever. And it was, like, Gleb and Alan and Val, like, half naked. Like, I did see that. I did oh see God. that. So good. Yeah, I did. Some of our listeners watch Dancing with the Stars. I think we've heard from you guys throughout the season. So it's funny. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did see that. Man, office goals. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so that's fire. Last bit of news we got. We got today. Today being, what's today? Thursday. <laughs> Today's Thursday. Um, yes, the night we're recording. But we got some really good news out of NBC. And so I think we had talked about this a few weeks ago that The original plan was that Med was going to go on like a three-month hiatus and the Titan Games was going to air in its place. The Titan Games is the big game show type thing with The Rock. Haha, another burp thwarted. Um, (laughs) Pull it together, self. Oh my goodness. It's that end of the week feeling. I'm just like tired. Yeah, it's been a long week. That's okay. Oh, it really has. Okay, so we got good news out of Hollywood Reporter today. Med is not taking that three-month hiatus after all because NBC has decided to shuffle it around so that the Titan Games will air on Thursdays and keep the Chicago shows intact. I mean... Awfully nice of NBC. Well, and I think it just makes the most sense strategy-wise too, right? Like, they put so much into promoting When Chicago Wednesday as, like, all three shows, for the most part, airing every Wednesday night. Um, And then maybe, obviously, on occasion, like, one of them not airing because of something special or whatever. But they put so much into promoting it as One Chicago Wednesday that it kind of would seem stupid and not make any sense for them whatsoever to take out one of those shows for, like, three months. Yeah, I agree. And Holly Reporter, in that article, announces, you know, or says, you know, obviously... The when the three hour Chicago block has been performing pretty solidly throughout the fall. So for them, NBC's like, oh, well, why would we mess that up with like the Titan Games, which honestly probably won't even get a second season because I feel like those kind of things never get a second season from NBC. But I could be wrong. Yeah, you sound stuffy. Are you getting sick again? <sighs> no, it's just allergies. It's the weather changing. Hmm what happens when it goes from like 60 degrees at the beginning of the week to 40 at the end of the week i you know get a little stuffy does the same thing here just on a hotter basis but yes 
Anyway, that is about all we've got news-wise. That's awesome that they're keeping the Chicagos together. I think that's their, like, makeup present for, you know, last year being like, we're going to move all the shows just because we have to make room for This Is Us. So I'm going to take this as NBC's, like, I'm sorry present. Yeah. Yeah. So that is all the news we've got for tonight. As always, listeners, if you see anything, send it to us. However, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Hedwig the Owl. That's a Harry Potter reference, Bryna. Um, (laughs) I know that. However you want to send us news, you guys are really good about that. And we really appreciate it. So, yeah. So without further ado, I think it is time to discuss the episodes. What do you think? Let's do it because there's a shit ton to do. So... Med was unexpectedly intense, wasn't it? There was so much happening on Med last night. Like, it was really intense. I wasn't expecting that. That promo was like, yeah, there's a chemical spill, but I was like, whatever, they'll fix it. Oh, no. Like, Ethan was innovated at one point. Like, things were exploding. Natalie performed a surgery in, like, a construction ground. It was crazy. Yeah, and you definitely, obviously, well, first of all, I mean, the fact that it ended up being cyanide poisoning, like, hello. Definitely didn't expect that out of all the chemicals it could have been. Definitely was like, okay, chemicals, obviously dangerous, but not cyanide. Like, cyanide is some top-level shit. Um, But then, yeah, I didn't expect that, you know, we were going to end the night with, how many doctors was it in the hospital? Two? That's Three. Three. Oh, yeah, Ava, duh, three. So, yeah, I mean, we, we ended up with three doctors as patients. That's kind of insane. So insane. Like, what the hell? Yeah, and the episode started pretty tame, too. It was just kind of sweet, normal, whatever. Uh, but one of the things that we did start off with is that, you know, Connor found out that his father funded the hybrid OR. And in typical Connor fashion, he threw a hissy fit. Because... Yeah. He's, like, two steps away from just flat out sitting on the floor and, like, kicking his feet and, like, stomping and stuff like a child. Well, and he hasn't even found out the whole truth about it yet. He knows his father donated it and that Ava knew, but he doesn't know that Ava's the one that told him to donate. No, she told him. That she told told him him to donate. Yeah, yeah. It was either when she woke up or it was either right before she passed out. But she said she was like, it was me. I don't remember. I, it's been a long day. I don't remember that. But no, I hear you. I, it was, yeah, it was it was a tough one with Ava and Connor last night because I just, I, Connor found out Connor didn't take it well. And that, by the way, was the scene that they filmed. I think they filmed it at a school or something. And somebody got footage of them filming it from like high above. And it was just, I love that behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, that was that scene. Um, yeah, he got super pissed. And then when they were trying to, like, operate on this guy or whatever, the cyanide spill happened and the hybrid OR is, like, airtight or something. I'm like, Connor, your hybrid OR is airtight. It does all these incredible things like it's the fucking Batcave. And yet you're still going to bitch about not having a bypass machine? Yeah. Yeah, and then at least my other thing was, like, I hated Connor so much in this episode. And then this, I mean, I hated him just, like, so much. I was, like, so annoyed with him. And then, but at the same time, and, I like, 
Ava was going back and forth with them, and I was like, Ava, you can do so much better than Connor right now. But then at the same time, when they finally kiss at the end, I was like, oh my god, thank god, it's about time. Like, not even because I want them to be together, but it's just, like, been building up for so long. I was like, it's about time these two made out. I don't like it. I don't like it. I do not like the way he treats her. Yeah. It, it's I. It's it, awful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's so awful. And then, like, they were stuck in that room together with their patient. Yes, they were totally fine. And there was a time at one point he just straight up looked at her and was like, I'm not interested in your opinion. You can't see the face I'm making at the screen right now. But like, <laughs> what? No. If a man ever talked to me like that, I would be like, you know what? Fuck you, too. Well, and I don't understand why she finds it so attractive. It's not. But, yet, I mean, like she said, she was basically, at the end, when I remember now about her, like, slipping, but it didn't slip that she, like, approached his dad. Because, like, it came at the same scene where she's like, I didn't want to lose you. Or whatever she, or whatever she said, like, when she says, like, when he's like, well, why'd you do it? And she's like, I didn't want you to go. Like, I didn't want to lose you. And I'm like, girl. Yeah, why, why didn't you want to lose him? He treats you like shit. Yeah. Uh, like, he talks down to you. He doesn't listen to you. And the thing is, is, like, right now, I don't know if he, like, it'll change. Like, I don't see it. I don't see if they, because, like, I don't know what happens, obviously, next week in med, but I'm assuming they're going to have some conversation about, like, what that kiss meant to them and, like, what this means. But if they end up in a relationship, quote-unquote, relationship, I don't, in whatever ways, like, I don't see it changing. I don't see Connor, like, all of a sudden being like, oh, this is my, whatever we're calling it, girlfriend, friends with benefits, partner, whatever the fuck we're calling it. I don't see him changing. I don't see him being less stubborn or less egotistical. Like, I just don't see it changing. Right. I don't see it changing either at all. And... Because it's like, I mean, it's literally like he's a toddler. Like, everybody in that hospital enables him to act like a dick. Yeah. And I think it's partly because they know that he is, I mean, like, I would say doctor-wise, I mean, even though there's a lot of things I don't agree with, but, like, experienced doctor-wise, like, he is probably their best, most talented surgeon. Like, there is no denying that. And so they don't want to lose him for that, which I totally get, but, like... He gotta keep his ego in check somehow. Somebody's gotta like lay it on the line for him and be like, dude, you're a fucking asshole. He needs to have a loss. And we've been talking about this since the season started that he needs to have a loss to put him in his place. Like, stop with your ego. Yes, it's worked out in your favor a bunch of times, but one of these days it's not gonna work. You're gonna play God and somebody's gonna die. Yeah, and he almost had it last week. What happened last week? I'm sorry. With the um, Lannick stuff. Yes. Well, that yeah, but that was kind of Lannick's fault for not stepping in when he shut up with Terry. Yeah, no, I know. I know it was all in the... But, like, I mean, something to those effects of, like, feeling a major loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Absolutely. Here's a question. So, Ava offering herself up to, like, to give this guy blood, basically. Do you think that was 
how do I phrase this? I see it more as a move made to impress Connor than I do a move to do whatever she has to do for her patient. Do you agree? What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think if it had been like Ava with Choi and Choi was telling her no, that's stupid not to do it, I think she still would have done it because she believes it's the right thing. But I think she was just determined, even more determined to do it because it's Connor and she wants to impress Connor. And when Connor tells her no, she's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to do it anyway. But I still think she cares enough about her patients to go to an extreme like that. So I think it's a little bit of both. But more so, I'd say like right. 70% trying to press Connor and 30% because she actually cares. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, that's a good percentage. I would agree with that. And I flipped the script when I was thinking about it today, too. I was like, would Connor have done that? And yeah, he absolutely would have done that. Yeah. Now... Yeah, he would have. Even if it was Ava's patient and not his, he would have done that. No, he would have, for sure. But it would have been 100% to do what's right for the patient and not to impress Ava because it's a one-sided relationship, really. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and I don't, I hate that it's like this, but to him, it's like, and I mean, listeners aren't going to be able to see, but it's like Connor's way up here and Mm -hmm. Ava's like down here and Ava's just trying to, I feel like maybe because she feels like in order to be in a relationship with Connor, she has to get to his level. And I don't like that. Yes. I don't like I don't that. Either. But that's the way she probably sees it. Like, Connor, because he has this God complex and thinks he is the shit, which his surgery skills are the shit, but Connor is not the shit. She has to match his level, both personally and professionally, in order to, like, be on the same page. Right. And that's why she nearly like drained herself of blood. Right. And I'm hoping I'll be curious to see what happens to them next week and what kind of conversations they have. Cause it kind of seemed, I mean, I hate, I still hated Connor in this episode, whatever, but it kind of seemed like maybe Connor was starting to realize that like that was happening, that Ava was trying to impress him. And that he started to, it seemed like there were some gears starting to turn in his head at the end of the episode. But if he goes right back to being an egotistical egotistical maniac, then like, I mean, fuck it. I, I don't know. It concerns me that it took Ava nearly like killing herself for Connor to forgive her for not telling him about her father or about his father. Not that she, like, nearly killed herself. I don't really know the consequences of, like, draining yourself of blood, but I just know that it's not good. Again, long week. Just bear with me, people. Um, yeah, but it's not, that is concerning to me, that she put her own health at risk, you know, and, like, that. that's what it took for him to forgive her. Yeah, but I think, I mean, again, Connor is just so fucking stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the heart of it all, I would say, yes, he is a good person. But there comes a point where after a while, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. Right. So, I mean, if he's walking around like an egotistical maniac and he's acting like an egotistical maniac about what, 85 to 90 percent of the time. Right. 
And that doesn't mean, at the same time, that doesn't mean, like you said, like, it doesn't mean just because you're an egotistical maniac doesn't mean you're not a good person. But at some point, the egotistical maniac is going to turn off so many other people around you that you being a good person, you're not going to let them in to know that you're a good person. Right. Because you've turned them right. all away. and you're going to portray yourself to the world as an egotistical maniac. Right. And I mean, I really think that's what it is, right? Because we all know that Connor's a good person. Like, we've seen it for three plus seasons. We know that deep down, Connor's a good person. Connor cares about his patients. He does to, well, I mean, whatever extent it is, care about the people around him. We don't really see it a lot, but he does care about the people around him. And But this season, I mean, really at the end of last season too, but like this season especially, it's just like on another level. And there is going to come a point, I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to, no one's going to want to keep talking to him anymore. No, I mean, me being, you know, a real life person who looks in on this fictional world once a week, I don't want to talk to Connor. Connor's not real. And I don't want to talk to him. So, I mean, it just, yeah, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. Yeah. It's an egotistical maniac is basically the gist. Here's another question for you, though. So Connor threw the hissy fit when he found out that Ava didn't tell him about his father. I mean, would Connor have called off the whole thing if he had known his father was going to donate? Would he have scrapped the hybrid OR altogether? Do you really think he would have done that? I don't think he would have scrapped it, but he would have gone to Mayo. Or at least for a little bit, and then probably realized that Mayo wasn't the right fit for him because he can't get away with all the shit, so he can go back to med where he can get away with shit. But I think he, I definitely think he wouldn't have, he would have left for a little bit. Think, huh? Yeah. I think it would have been like, okay. I mean, ironically that they're both at Mayo, but I think it would have been a little bit like Grey's Anatomy when Christina left. Like, only for a couple episodes, but, I mean, this is, like, back in season nine. Like, when they finally became doctors and attendings, and Christina was like, well, I'm gonna go, because that's where the bigger and better things are. And it was great there, but she wasn't, she was a small fish in a big pond, not a big fish in a small pond. And she was mm-hmm. like, well, okay, I'm gonna go back to Seattle, uh, Seattle Grace at the time. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to keep all the hot little names straight. But I think it would have been a little bit like that. Connor, this would have turned Connor off so much that he's like, well, no, I'm going to go to Mayo, be the doctor that I wanted to be. And then when he realized he couldn't get away with shit, he was like, nope, I'm going to go back where I can get away with shit. That's concerning that he acts that way. Yeah. And I mean... Granted, we, I mean, like, again, we really care about Connor. We love Colin so much. We love Colin as an actor, as a person, whatever. But it's just... Oh my god, we adore Colin. Yeah, we really do. But it's just annoying. And I know we're not the only ones that notice this because, again, we got an email from Laurel. And Laurel said a lot of the same things we did. But she said, you know, she literally starts out this same way. I love Colin, but Connor is a character that I'm going to dislike. Connor acts like a petulant child. He was angry that Ava knew... That the hybrid OR was funded by his father. He was giving her attitude and didn't want her help. I've grown to like Ava. And then she talks about a little bit about but wanting to know more again about her. Um, Ava was a badass because she was giving blood while Connor was doing the surgery. Ava expresses her feelings to Connor. And then, but he is like a boy who was always pulling the girl's hair to get her attention. I mean, he kind of is. And we saw how well that went for Will in season one. Yeah. 
didn't work out so well. Right. No, no, because if you're an asshole to women, it's not a good look. No, not at all. So, in in the past, we have had a lot to say about Manstead and Chexton and other couples in the med universe. But to me, I feel like Connor and Ava have taken the cake as the most problematic of ships on this show. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I think they're also just problematic because even beyond Connor being an ego, I mean, even before Connor became dear god connor became this egotistical maniac i'm trying to like combine all my words here but we were talking about their relationship being problematic because of the way they just moved and operated around each other it was just so weird and we were like i don't know what the fuck is going on whatever but add the egotistical stuff and the way that they're competing with one another into it and it's just like oh my god it's so problematic. Yeah. None of the other relationships are problematic. They just have their issues. But this is, like, problematic. And to me, there's a difference. Yeah, and let's not forget that the way they started was with Ava being horrible to Connor. Oh, the days. Oh, the days. Yeah. That feels like forever ago. I mean, it does feel like forever ago. But I just... Mm, no. Ladies, don't let a man treat you that way. No. 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 It was a frustrating night for Connor and Ava. Now, granted, I mean, you know, of course, it's always cute when somebody gets hurt and then they wake up and the other person's there like, oh, my God, you scared me. Always cute. It's still not a good look the way Connor treats her. No, no, no. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I'm curious to see what this kiss does. Like, what happens to them next week. Right, because even if they get together, Connor is going to do Connor. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Right, I just, I miss the Connor from seasons one and two where, like, you knew he was this rich kid, but he was a like you know a spoiled rich kid with like a huge amount of compassion and heart and well and I think you know, life experience and I think Ava would have worked really well with Connor from season one and two and not just worked well as in like professionally but I'm talking about like in a relationship like we're trying to pair the two of them together romantically because she would have pushed his buttons just enough but like brought out a different side of him and I think that would have worked great but not this Connor. Mm-mm. Not here for it. Nope. Not here for it at all. And the same way we weren't here for Ava being horrible to Connor when she first came along. I mean... Yeah. No. Not a fan. So, now that we've dissected Connor and Ava, there was a lot of other stuff happening in this hospital. Uh, Gwen's pregnant. When did we find that out? Mm, last night. Uh, yeah, no clue that she was pregnant until she told Connor's dad. It was like, oh, I'm in the second trimester. I, like, you are? I wonder, I haven't, I mean, I'm literally about to Google this right now. I wonder if that is them, like, if Heather Headley is pregnant. But I don't think so. I feel like we would have known that. And that was their way of, like, when Heather starts getting bigger, like, them, like, just dropping it in. Maybe. I'm trying to, know. while we keep talking, I'm going to Google this. 
But that's the only. Anytime I hear. What? Go ahead. No, I was gonna, just going to say anytime I hear Gwen, I just I just want to follow it up with the question of when we're getting our Broadway sing along. I know. Like when are Gwen and Connor going to get drunk together and just sing Broadway songs at Molly's? Mm, yeah, I. Oh, there's a good question. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so Gwen and Connor both get drunk at Molly's. What is their go-to Broadway song? Go. Wait, say that again? Okay. Everybody's at Molly's from bed. Yes. Gwen and Connor get drunk. They get on stage. They sing a Broadway song for karaoke. What is their go-to Broadway song? Go. Separate? We're not talking about a duet, right? No, we're totally talking about a duet. Oh, shit. Oh, I have one in mind. Say it. Take me or leave me from rent. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, God. Isn't there another Broadway person on Met or is it just the two of them? Well, Patty. Oh, yeah. Patty. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, that's it for like true Broadway people. I don't know, because I want to say, like, all of my favorite Broadway songs, but that would not be, that's just me, like, naming Broadway songs. Like, that's not just, (laughs) that's not what I would actually think. But Take Me or Leave Me is, like, a great song. I could see them doing that. Okay, those of our listeners who are fellow Broadway lovers, answer that question for us. They have a drunken Broadway sing-along, put their differences aside for one night, what are they saying? Yeah, and I also, I... Or, um... Go ahead. One Song Glory. Also Ooh. from Rent. I'm in a Rent mood. Just anything from Rent. Just anything Always from good. Rent. Yeah. <laughs> um, my Googling for Heather Headley pregnant did not come up with anything current. So I'm going to say that was, I guess, a no. But I don't know else why. Like, is that going to become a storyline? Because the way they dropped it in so subtly was like, like I said, it, the way it was just so subtle made it seem like, oh, they're trying to, like, just throw it in there. So when Heather comes, becomes large because of her pregnancy in real life, they would already, whatever. But apparently that's not the case. Or at least if it is, she hasn't announced it. So I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Don't know. So elsewhere, you know, this giant chemical spill happens. It's cyanide. It's bad. Ethan's running around in the parking lot, like, barely able to breathe. And he's like, I'm fine, guys. I'm totally fine. And then he passes out. So, like, of course, he's not fine. April is freaking out and everything. And it basically comes down to they have one dose of Epi and two patients in need. And the other patient who's in need is the guy who caused the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so... Goodwin's like, yeah, well, he's in worse shape, so we have to give it to him. And April's just like, what the fuck? And Goodwin's like, you know, that I mean, that's the way Ethan would want it, which is completely true. And at a certain point, April was like, oh, man, Ethan was just protecting me. And I'm like, April, honey, he would have done that for anybody in the hospital. That's Ethan. Yeah. But I mean, this was a good episode for Ethan. And I feel bad saying that because he spent most of it unconscious. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah i mean i think i felt bad for him i mean i mean i think honestly i think it was just more than a good episode for ethan i think it was if you were a sex toy shipper i think you're 
feeling pretty good after this episode, even though it ended the way it ended. You think? I mean, I think you were, I think it finally, in my opinion, I think you really got back to the point of, like, these two people care for each other. Like, Ethan protected April, which, again, he would have done for anyone, but, like, it was clear Ethan protected April. April clearly still is in love with Ethan. I mean, you feel it. I mean, you saw it even before they, the whole chemical spill happened, right? Like, there was just, like, looks and everything. It was just like, oh, my God, these two people clearly just care for each other. Just, like, go make out again already. Like, jeez. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you're feeling pretty, even though the way it ended, which we'll talk about, because I have a lot of things about to say about the way it ended. But I feel like you're feeling pretty good about sex toy right now. Hmm. It is a little disheartening to me that it took Emily leaving and being out of the picture for them to be able to resume their relationship. Like, don't act like Emily was so toxic to you, too. She's family, you know? But I don't think it was... I think... I think what was toxic to it was not Emily. It was the way Ethan was acting about the Emily situation. Good point. It's not necessarily Emily doing anything wrong. Like, Emily didn't do any... I mean... She did do something wrong in the, I mean, she stole drugs and yada, 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 the whole thing. But this season, she hasn't done anything wrong. It's just the fact that Ethan doesn't like all her choices. And so, and the way he acts towards her because of her choices, April's like, what the hell? Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't like that they're trying to almost blame the giant wedge driven between April and Ethan from the season finale to now, they're almost trying to blame it on Emily, which I'm just like, that's not fair at all. I I, I just mean, got that vibe in last night's episode. I definitely, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree that like it kind of the way it's played out. I mean, it would seem that like Emily leaves and then things start to look better for sex toy. But I really, I mean, I really think it's because Emily being around brought out the worst in Ethan, and April didn't like what she was seeing when Ethan was at his worst. Yeah. So it's not yeah. really, it's not it's, Emily, it's not Emily's fault. Like, it's not Emily trying to break the two of them up or, like, you know, doing something to the two of their relationship. It's just Emily is around and Emily makes bad choices for herself. And then Ethan's like, well, what the hell are you doing? Why are you making these choices? And April's like, Ethan, you need to chill. And Ethan's like, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, I am her brother, all this shit. And April's like, no, we're not going to be together. Which to me like just... That. Which to me, all that just tells me is that that they're going to be on shaky ground no matter what, because all it's going to take is one of Troy's Navy buddies coming back and being on bad ground the same way Emily was for all of this to happen again. But but Ethan doesn't feel responsible in the same way he would for Emily for them, I would think. Like, it's not true family. And Ethan is like, I mean, obviously it's a perfect brother, so... It's a little different. Yeah. That's a, that's one thing they've never really fully explored that I would like them to explore more of. We're constantly asking for more about Jay's past in the army, but we keep forgetting about Choi's past in the Navy. I think it's because we got a little bit... I mean, we saw Ethan deal a little bit with his PTSD earlier on, and he mm-hmm. went through the whole thing where he had the bird, which I don't remember the name of the bird, but he had the bird, and then we met Vicky, and there was just, like, a little bit more of it. 
where it took us, mm-hmm. and that was like season one, right? So we got it kind of right off the bat with Ethan. Whereas Jay, it was like, oh my god, there's so many things. Like, what don't we know? And yada yada yada. And like the thing is with Jay too, that I think makes it different is they allude to stuff with Jay. So it'd be like, oh, Jay went through some shit overseas, and it's like, okay, well, what happened to him overseas? Like, why? What don't we know? Whereas with Ethan, they've never done that. They've never been like oh, Ethan went through some shit overseas and then not talked about what he actually went through, where that's what they've done with Jay. So there's just a little more questions where they're, like, dropping hints at Jay and we're like, well, tell us more. Where they haven't dropped the hints for Ethan, so it's not just dangling in our faces all the time. True. Very true. All in all, though, how do you feel like this Ethan storyline ended? You feel good about it? Are we talking? Are we skipping to like the actual end of it with like Vicky coming back? No, just overall. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't feel bad about it. I for a second though, I will say the whole very the very beginning of it was definitely giving me like season six Grey's Anatomy vibes with shooting at the hospital or whatever I mean granted this I knew from the start that this was chemical but it was just like it was hard for me to unsee that and I was like okay sure and I just kept seeing Ethan as Derek and I was like oh god this is not gonna end well for Ethan and I didn't think they were gonna kill Ethan off but like it looked bad for a second there I was gonna say for a minute there you had tweeted like oh my god if they kill Ethan and I was like she didn't even text me first like I thought you would usually text me and be like I swear to god are they gonna kill him for a hot minute there I thought you did think that honestly I had already seen the episode so I was just more playing Mm. up to the Twitter so (laughs) that was me more just and I keep forgetting that yeah, I had gotten We did to, get this in a screener. I did get to see this we in did. a screener. So when I tweeted it, I was more just playing things up. But, yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? But, yeah, it did, I mean, honestly, though, for a second there, it looked bad. And, I mean, we, we put this in our outline. The genius tweet from Giselle about Will giving up on everybody, including Ethan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked bad. Well, because, yeah, there was that point where literally, I mean, and they were treating everybody basically in the parking lot at this point, which, mad, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, Ethan was in really bad shape, and at this point they had him intubated and everything, and I think Will just flat out looked at April and was like, there's nothing else we can do. Yeah. I mean, first Severi, and then, then baby Jossie, yeah. now Ethan. It's a great point by Giselle, because it's it's true. Will has a terrible so track record. Bad for laughing about that, but it's so true. Well, it was funny because I was gonna try to justify it because I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, "Well, like maybe in his like I was thinking about it in terms of like where his DNR fell and like how that's changed Will as a doctor, and like." Mm-hmm. maybe he would have overreacted at one point and but now he wasn't but a lot of these would have I mean like Severide happened pre-DNR baby Dossie I don't know exactly how those timelines that lined up but probably before pre was like pre-DNR um so my theory doesn't really hold true but I was like trying to figure out a way to like justify like 
how will acted as a doctor pre DNR and then like post DNR patient, but it didn't work out. So yeah, it's no. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on baby Dossie because he was out of his depth. He's not an OBJ. Very true. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But with Severide, I mean, we witnessed it and he was like, fuck that guy. And then Mills was like, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, I think, yeah. And I think the Ethan situation is a little different, too, because it's not so much him giving up on Ethan as it is like you literally only have one little dose of medicine left and you kind of have to pick the worst patient to give it to. Yeah. Like, it's not so much as, like, oh, there's nothing more I can do for Ethan. It's just, like, making a choice and making, I mean, yeah, like, making what they've been taught, like, save the person who's worse off. If the other person has a chance, a better chance to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Will, is this the part where we can kind of segue into Will? Yeah, let's do it. Um... I know that Maggie told him at the start that Natalie was okay, but he was not even remotely worried about her. I mean, but yeah, like he, she tells, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think you were definitely like, you texted me that last night and I was like, Pacina, Maggie said she was okay. And on a completely different floor, like you gotta, like at some point you gotta start focusing on your patients and not be as worried. Like if, if Maggie says she's safe, then like, I trust Maggie that Natalie is safe. Okay, maybe it's just me with anxiety brain, but if somebody's like, oh, this person who was in the general proximity of this horrible thing happening, but is on another floor, is totally okay. I'm gonna be like, but what if this, 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 and this? It's just me with anxiety brain. But we also learned that Will is not immune to anxiety brain because at the end of this episode, he was just casually throwing up blood. Yeah, that was bad. And because he stressed himself out and he got an ulcer and Natalie keeps not lying to Natalie. Dear God. Oh, William. It's so bad. He gave himself a stress ulcer, which is like the most Will Halstead injury ever. If we can call that an injury. But it's an injury. Oh, well, it's so bad. Just well, something else I wonder here, because I mean, we started the episode with him going over to Ray's house and everything. His sons are assholes. Like, don't they go back? Didn't they grow up together? Why are they such jerks to Will? I don't think that they're such jerks to Will. I think they'd be like that with anybody. Like, I don't think it's something about Will in particular. I think they would just be like that to anybody. And I think, I mean, whatever we want to call um, Ray's stuff, like a mafia, whatever. Like, I think just when you're a part of, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use mafia. But, like, when you're a part of the mafia, like, nobody gives a shit. Like, you get, you do what you have to do to benefit them. And they had to get him to this bridge game. So they were going to get him to this fucking bridge game. Like, you know. A bridge game. A bridge game. You may have a blood clot in the artery that leads to your brain, but this bridge game is so much more important. We know that's code for something else. Like, I don't think it was actually a bridge game. Clearly. Mm. Or if it's bridge game, it's like a bridge game with like a million dollars on the line kind of thing. Something like that. 
I cannot believe, though. I mean, Will threw up blood right in front of Nat. Nat's like, what the hell is going on? And Will lies to her again. I know. It's so bad. There's no, and I, I mean, everyone was talking about it on Twitter last night, but there's no way they're making it down the aisle. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Even if next week's promo is a misdirect and she doesn't give him back the ring, she's going to give him back the ring at some point. That ring is cursed. So cursed. So cursed. I hope the next time, like, I hope that when Manstead eventually, eventually gets back together, like, even if it takes, like, two seasons, like, or at least, like, the next time they get engaged, even if it takes, like, two seasons. I swear to God, if Will tries to re-propose to her with that ring. Yeah, but, I mean, it's their dead mother's ring. It's, like, heartbreaking. They've got to find a way to get rid of, like, the bad juju. They've got to cleanse that ring somehow. Oh, I don't know, but it's bad. It's cursed so bad. I mean, how do you erase bad karma on a ring? Do you have, like, an exorcism for the jewelry or something? Is that, like, a possibility? Have, They've like, got to cleanse the ring. It's kind of thing. A seance, yeah. Yeah, they can have a supernatural Chicago Meg crossover and call in Sam and Dean to uh, get rid of the uh, the spirit or whatever aura is around this ring. Yeah. So bad. So bad. But, I mean, that's, like, the third time in a row that Will's lied to her. She's going to be so pissed. So pissed. And the thing is, I don't even think she'd be... I mean, she would have been a little annoyed, like, earlier on. But if she, if you just told her all of this from the start, like, it's not like she probably would have broken up with him over it. Because it was, you know, a re- then it was going to be, um... What is the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, Captain Control. I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Um, by the FBI. I, whatever. It's gonna be, like, overseen. That's the word I'm looking for. By the FBI. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, Jay's gonna be around, whatever. Like, I don't think Natalie, I mean, she would have cared, but, like, not to the same extent that she's gonna care now. Yeah, because if he's gonna lie to her about this to her face three times in a row, I mean, for her, she's gonna wonder what else he's gonna lie about. Everything because he's Will Halston. Yeah, and it's like it's not malicious with him; it's just boneheaded. Yeah. It just—I had something else I was gonna say, and I blanked. That's just how tired I am this week. Yeah, I. Oh God. Um, I will say that assertive Will Halstead is a look, because when FBI girl came along and he was, she was like, "You work for us." He's like, "I work for the hospital." I was like, "Get it, Will? Yes." That's a look, but very true. Elsewhere, let's talk about what Nat was up to. Um, where did Doctor Charles learn how to perform a C-section? And even if he's done it once or twice before, like how does he remember? He's a psychiatrist. Yeah, I mean, maybe remembering every. I mean, well, first of all, I think he's just smart. Second of all, I mean, I definitely think he's done it before. I mean, I know he's done it. Like everyone's. I think if you become a surgeon, like, everyone's done it because you study with all the different kinds of doctors. Like, you do all your rotations. Like, you study with your OBGYN. Like, you study with a heart doctor. You, you study with them all before you pick, like, your specialty. So I think he's definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously has seen it and probably done a couple of them himself. How long it's been since he's done one, I don't know. And how 
I would assume he just remembers all the steps because he's smart and I don't know, but yeah. My thing though was, and we talked, I mean, we have in our outline is like I really don't. Natalie was pissed, and I don't get it. Yeah, when she stormed in on him, I was like, what is with the doctors in this hospital? I just, for me, it didn't make sense because clearly, I mean, yes, at the end of the day, I understand where Natalie was coming from about what if something had gone wrong or whatever. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. the best option that they had at the time was to do the C, she needed the C, the patient needed the C-section. They had to do it. They weren't getting out of there. Natalie didn't have the confidence at that time to do it. So what else was Dr. Charles going to do? Like, I mean, Dr. Charles, I mean, I guess he could have done it himself. But, like, Natalie needed to gain that confidence, and Dr. Charles is the one to do it. So, like, I don't know. I, it, To me, it was fine, like, the way he went about it. I don't care. Yeah, I, I mean, she definitely has a point, though, because if something had gone wrong, they definitely would have opened themselves up to a malpractice suit or two or three. But yeah, I was like, seriously, Natalie, come on. It just, it takes so much energy to just, you know, yell at people and stuff. Yeah. Also, though, that C-section was probably the most graphic thing I've seen on bed in a long time. Oh my God, that was gruesome. I like tweeted at Jeff and I was like, Jeff, like, I was basically like, Jeff, what the hell is this? <laughs> Without that. And I he was, was going to say, Jeff tweeted us last night. Yeah, because I tweeted him and I was like, oh my God, Jeff, like, what the hell are you guys doing to me? And he was like, yeah, even I was grossed out. Yeah, because that was disgusting. And I'm pretty good with like blood and stuff. Like, I'm okay. But that was, oh my God. Yeah, that was particularly gruesome. I was, uh, yeah, so disgusting. I feel like we got to stop drawing attention to that because I feel like every week we're like, ew, that was gross. They just keep finding ways to one-up it. Okay, but this was like, I mean, honestly, I think this is like the most graphic thing they've ever done. If not in the top three, for sure. I don't know what else. Most graphic, absolutely. And I mean, there's some, I think, again, there's a, difference between like disgusting and like graphic and that was graphic oh yeah because we saw everything right like when they when i'm thinking about like what it was like the pus shooting out on like somebody in like an er room or whatever yeah yeah that's disgusting but that's not that graphic like this is like graphic this is worse than the time the guy pulled out his intestine? Yeah. To me, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. 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 Just, Dr. Charles is so smart, though, like you were saying. Like, it just, that's, he just knew exactly how he had to go about it to make Nat believe in herself. Like, that's cool. Yeah. He's super smart. But yeah, um, yeah. The last note we have in here is just about Vicky showing up at the end. Oh my god, I have so much to say. Go for it. Okay, unleash. I don't have any problems against Vicky. Whatever. I that part like didn't bother me. I just have some questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, weren't he, Ethan and Vicky only together for like a month max, maybe? 
I mean, something like that. It was only like two or three episodes. Yeah. So why was she ever his emergency contact in the first place? Like, ever. That's a fair question. We don't know anything about mom and pop Choi, if they're in Chicago or anything. No. So that's a good question. But even then, even if they're not in Chicago, like, you have friends at this hospital. Like, make your friends your emergency contact. Okay, second of all, even if he wanted to make her his emergency contact, okay, fine. But then, why didn't he remove her once they were over? Like, they've been over for almost three years. Like, that's insane that you haven't updated your emergency contact in almost three years when you work at this fucking hospital. Keep going, keep going. And then, oh, I didn't even add this in the outline. Third of all, he works at this fucking hospital. Shouldn't people know? I mean... Shouldn't people know that, like, Vicky is not in his life anymore? And, like, why the fuck would they call her? Like, what the hell? That's also a good point. I mean, but what are they going to do? Just, like, go down to the parking lot, tap April on the shoulder and be like, point to the stretcher and be like, so, um, he had an accident. Like, well, what are she they already, do? She already knows. Like, he was in the ICU. Like, it's not like people didn't know that Ethan was in the ICU. Because he started out in the emergency. Well, first of all, he was in the parking lot. Then went to the emergency room to get to, like, whatever the medicine was that, like, counteracts the cyanide poisoning to start that. So he went from the parking lot to the ER to the ICU. It wasn't like he was missing and, like, nobody knew what the fuck was happening with him. Like, everybody knew where Ethan was. <laughs> this is completely true. So, like, they didn't need to call an emergency contact. And if anything... I mean, granted, I guess it's like going by hospital law. Maybe you have to call an emergency contact. Whatever. I don't know. But then, like, they also just had Emily around for, like, months and months on end. So, like, you know Vicky is not related to him, but you know where Emily is. So, like, somebody should just call Emily. Okay, well, okay, let's 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 kind of think about this. Okay, so... When I had my car accident back in in January, this was like I was at work, right? And I was on my way to a work thing. Work knew where I was. They still called my emergency contact, which is my mother. Right. But I think, A, this is different because it's Ethan and Ethan works in this fucking hospital. But, B, it's also... Not- <sighs> I don't know. Like, I'll also take you back to Gray's, though. I'll also take you to Gray's. When Mare had her third baby, she works in that fucking hospital, but they still called Alex. And that's what I think. I mean, I'm sure it was, like, a legal thing. I'm just bringing up the point of, like, what the fuck, like, why? Like, I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't missing. He was just at work. Right, and it's, again, he went through the ER, I mean, technically went through the ER first before he got transferred up to ICU. Mm-hmm. I just think it's stupid that they called his emergency contact. And then, like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm thinking about it too much because I'm like, he works there, like, you guys are, I mean, I guess it's a different department, so maybe they don't know Ethan that well, but, like, come on. Like, everyone knows that Ethan and Vicky haven't been together in so long, like, you can't, people can't be stupid. <laughs> so brenda um do you ship it (laughs) what ethan and vicky no (laughs) good i was really really curious about that i wasn't sure i don't even remember like yeah 
I mean, because we, I remember us talking about it at the, earlier this year when they ended up like high on the list or in like the middle of, um, I don't even remember whose list it was, TV Guide's list of like top ships. And I was like, what the fuck? Like they were together for like two episodes. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you think she's coming back next week? I think she will be back. I do. I think they're going to try to shape this up as a triangle, but yeah, my gut says that she's not a threat. That was what I, my question, my last like point of this was like, what does this mean for a sex toy? She's not a threat. I don't think, and again, I mean, like I said, I've, I mean, I said this earlier. I think if you watch this episode last night as a big sex toy shipper, I think you're feeling pretty good. Um, just because of, it was clear that they both still have feelings for each other. Um, but I felt bad for April at the end because I think she would have gone up there and been like, I still love you. And like, that's what she was planning to do or like something along those lines. And then she saw Vicky and she was yeah. like, fuck this. Have I been lied to? Well, this whole I felt time? bad for April because I felt bad for April because she walked up. She immediately did an about face. But I just wanted to shake her by the shoulders and be like, Vicky is not a threat to you. This was nothing like but I, here's the thing is, like, I don't, I mean, again, God, it's been so long since I've watched season one of Med, so I apologize if my details are a little iffy. But, like, how much did she even know about Vicky and Ethan back then? Like, for all she knows that, like, it could have been a terrible breakup because they were so in love and yada, yada, yada. She probably remembers that they had a fling. I mean, I don't, again, I don't remember. Like, I don't know how much the interaction they had at that point whatever but like for all she knows she doesn't know the details of whatever their relationship was it's true so she could see it and be like oh my gosh she came back for ethan like what the hell right or that or she honestly probably thinks that ethan called her vicky and not april and then she's like well what the hell where did this person come from Mm -hmm. so I don't know. We had a lot to say about med tonight. Oh my goodness. Always so much to say about med. Lots of feelings. It's going to be another two hour episode because we have so much to say about everything. So much to say because now we got to talk about fire and the aftermath of Benny Severide's death. Oh my God. So much to say about this. Oh my God. Bryna, please, please take us through fire. Please. Where do we start? Where do we want to start? Like, honestly, where do we want to start? <laughs> I trust you and whatever decision you make here. Well, I guess because it was first in the outline. Let's just talk about Otis and Katie. Otis and Katie. Let's just do it. Okay. Because I, I really don't understand what the point of the Otis and Katie stuff was. Like, I love catching up with Katie, hearing what she's up to. I love that they got to bring Brittany Curran back because it's about damn time that she finally showed up again. And I did like seeing the two of them share a scene together. But I really don't understand what the point of the storyline was. Like, are we supposed to be doubting Lily and Otis after this? Like, are we supposed to believe that eventually down the line when the show ends that, like, Otis and Katie are endgame? Like, I'm so confused. What about closure? You don't think it was just closure? I don't know, like, because there was nothing, like, they talk, and then they kind of get interrupted when, like, everyone shows back up, and Katie goes through the metal thing, and then it's never brought up for the rest of the episode. Like, was that supposed to be closure? I would say so. I mean, Otis is really happy with Lily. He's been with her, what, almost two years now? 
I mean, I don't know. I again, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know what this is supposed to be. I guess my guess is it is supposed to be closure, but it just didn't come off as closure to me. It feel like it was I so mean, much of Otis being like, "Am I still in love with Katie? I don't know what the hell is going on. What am I doing? Blah blah blah." Like, I don't know. That's Otis, though. He's always awkward and overthinking things. I guess that's true. Also, something I want to bring up. So Otis says at one point that he and Katie never really got to say goodbye. But I just went back and watched parts of that episode. Like, because of I actually did start writing that Otis and Katie scene that I wanted to. I've been talking about last week. And so I went back and watched, like, all of the Katie stuff from season two. Um, and so, but she said she had told, like, she, I, I mean, I remember she was talking to Severide and Severide asked her, did you tell Otis about this? And she's like, yes, I told him, like, I was leaving. So why wasn't that goodbye? Or like, why was, I would have considered that them saying goodbye, but I guess it wasn't. Well, to Otis, it pro- I mean, she probably didn't actually literally say goodbye. And to Otis, that's probably what he means. I don't know. Not what I expected from Otis and Kate. There was a lot more from them than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like one, like one little thing, but that was more than I was expecting from the two of them. No, I just, I really got the vibe of closure from their conversation because she was telling him, you know, I'm a sous chef at this restaurant. My boyfriend does this. And then she was saying, she's like, I saw on Facebook, you have Lily. Like, you're so happy. And she's so happy. And so I just really got the vibe of closure. I don't know. It did come off as that with me. I think that's definitely what it's supposed to be. To me, maybe I was just expecting something so different that when this happened, I was like, what? Um, But, I mean, it was obviously, like, I love catching up with Katie. I really would. I'll save this for when we actually get to the funeral stuff. I just, I love, love, love when characters come back to shows that they haven't been on for a while and they're happy and they're so good and they're just flourishing. I love that. So to see Katie with a big smile on her face and, you know, just working in the food industry like she wanted to and she's just super happy. That was really, really nice to see. It was. I will agree. It was very nice. I about hit the roof, too, when Otis was, like, underneath the fire truck or something, and he was like, hey, so-and-so, hand me this, and you just hear Katie be like, I didn't see anything. I was like, Katie! Definitely. I was like, oh, my God. Like, definitely squealed when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to see Katie. And all the pictures that um, Brittany Curran was, because she took over the fire Instagram last night, all the the behind-the-scenes stuff that she was posting, it was like, every picture, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so cute. Oh, my God. I wish she'd taken a picture with Yuri, or at least she had posted it if she took one, but she didn't. I mean, did she take any pictures with Taylor? Yeah, I sent it to you. You probably did. I I literally sent it to you. It was the first thing. It was before the episodes even aired, and I literally said, my actual heart. In all caps. Okay, okay. I'm, I do remember that you sent that to me. I'm looking now. <laughs> it's been a week, y'all. We're tired. <laughs> like... I'm scrolling. I will find it. I will find it. Carry on. Carry on. I mean, yeah. But no, I, I'm i going to save my little rant for the Taylor Severide funeral stuff. Oh, yes, you did send it to me. What a cute picture. That's adorable. And she took one with um, Jesse and she took one. She took one with like everybody. I mean, everyone except Yuri. But <laughs> yeah. 
It was a lot of Oh, cute. that's the cutest big brother hug. Ugh. Miss them. I know. Goodness. But yeah, it was so, so good to see Katie. And yeah, um, tell the listeners about this scene you started writing the other day because you just hinted at it, but I don't think everybody knows what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So last week we were talking about how I really wish I just like would want to, I, like I had the desire to write fanfic and because I really, like I have this scene, I mean, I've talked about it before, the Otis and Katie scene that's been in my head that I just like need to get out. So I actually did start, I mean, I don't write fanfic, like, ever, ever. I've never written it. I don't really creative do creative writing. But I just, like, was sit, I was having a mood, and I was sitting for a while the other day, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to start writing it. Like, it was just in my head. And I'm not done with it yet. Um, but I may, I mean, I'm definitely going to send it to you, Gina, but I may, depending on, like, feedback and stuff, I may post it. We'll see. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I I don't think it's that good, but like I just had to get it out. Like it's one of the I don't know, but still so proud. Can't wait to read it. But my idea of what happened is a lot more obviously because I wanted to be focused on mental health. So like it's much darker than anything that happened yesterday. So you wrote something dark. I mean, it's not dark, but it's about mental health and the fact that like nobody like that they don't want to talk about or Otis doesn't want to talk about his shit and then finally starts talking about his shit to Katie because Katie can relate you and Ashley used to give me so much shit for my taste in super dark fan fiction it's not dark necessarily but like I mean it's a I like the whole reason like the reason I wanted them to have like a conversation was because I think I want them to explore a little bit about mental health. I'm all on fire shows exploring the idea of mental health this season. Like I was telling you the other day that I wanted to write an article talking about the importance of the fact that both Station 19 and Fire, well, Fire did for one episode, but Station 19 especially, like exploring PTSD in firefighters and how it's so important for that because it shows that PTSD is not just associated with the military, which a lot of people just associate it with. And so I'm really proud of the fact that both shows this season, but especially Station 19, is like gone to like out of its way to show that. So I was telling you how I wanted to write an article about that. So I'm really in on to like that idea. So it's not necessarily dark, but like it's more, it's not like lighthearted fluff either. Nice. So we'll see. I don't know. We had a lot going on in this fire episode, too. There was just a lot going on on all three shows last night. It was crazy. Um, so take us through Brett's whole dilemma. This was a thing. Yeah. I don't really know what I like. Okay. So Brett's whole dilemma was basically there was an accident in the beginning of the episode. And then there was two kids. Well, it was like a teenager and like her sister in the backseat. And they hit a guy on the whatever or on the street. And at first they were like, oh, it, like, I mean, it just looked like an accident, whatever. But then as Brett's getting the, gr- the little girl out of the back seat, the girl's like holding a phone. And she was like, my sister said to hold this or whatever. Basically implying to all of us that the sister, the older sister that was driving was texting and driving, and that's what the cause of the accident was. So Brett, the whole episode, is, like, freaking out because she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know if she's supposed to say something 
or not because she doesn't really know if that's what she heard and like is it her place like her place is to really just treat the patients that she gets on the scene and like let them go like she's not supposed to solve the case or solve what happened um or make theories about what happened so she's going through this whole thing back and forth she even goes and sees the new chaplain about it yada 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 and finally without she doesn't report it necessarily but she does, like, confront the girl at the end, and she's like, I know what you, like, basically, I know what you did. Like, I can either say something or you can say something. But, I don't know. I, do you think she, my whole question was, do you think Sylvie should have said something? Like, actually, like, to her bosses. I think this whole storyline was such a non-issue. If you think the girl was texting, say something about it. Right. It's that simple. Right. Like, I understand why Brett, like, I kind of understand why Brett was feeling feeling guilty, but, like, you really, like, really, like, you just, you make the report, and if they end up finding that she was guilty, she was guilty, and whatever. Like, yeah, I don't, I think, I think she should have just said something. Yeah, to me, there was no reason to drag this out into, you know, a B or C story. It was just, it's literally that simple. Like, the the little sister was holding the phone. You think she might have been texting. Say something to Bowden, who you know is going to have your back. Bingo. Problem solved. Yeah. I think we just maybe needed the interaction between her and the new chaplain. I, I mean, yeah, I think so. And they had to somehow connect, like... They couldn't just have, like, three random accidents and not have something connect to a storyline. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't, they had two accidents last night, but you know what I'm saying. They couldn't just have, like, random accidents for the sake of accidents. Like, they had to have one of them connect to a storyline. How do you feel about Brett and the new chaplain? I'm not against it. I mean, I'm not like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever, but, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely, like, curious about it. I mean, I expect we're going to see more you of them. You feel so. like he's being shoved down our throats? I mean... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yes, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't care that much. Because to me, like... Yeah, like... To me, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like, oh, my God, it's Brett and the Chaplin. Like, this is the best thing ever. Like, because I loved Brett Tonio so much. And I think, to me, that will always be my Brett ship. Um, mm-hmm. So, for me, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, if this was something that I was, like, really looking for a ship for Brett because I hadn't been feeling Brett Tonio, then maybe. But, like, I'm always going to be a Brett Tonio person. So, for me, I'm just like, okay, whatever. The Chaplin's here. Okay. Yeah, like, their interactions have been very cute, but I'm just kind of like, eh, moving on. Yeah, like, I'm not invested in it, but I'm curious to see what happens. Maybe we'll like them further down the line. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how serious it becomes. Right. Hmm. Um, This metal storyline we also had. We had kind of a, a B storyline where... You know, there was comedy involved, thankfully, but they basically just went right down the list of Benny's exes to try and find this missing metal. It was so funny. Thoughts? I liked it. I really did. I, I love how it turned into kind of a whole Truck 81, for the most part, like, bonding session. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny. It had its moments. I also, like... Okay, so one, we... 
Beth, the wife that was like pissed at Benny and was like talking about like had the box that was labeled Benny's junk and yada yada yada. <laughs> I could have sworn, okay, because we've seen her before. She was on, oh, God, I think it was in season two or one. She's been on before. But she's not Katie's mom. No, the one that's, the one that Benny was with, like, the last person we knew Benny to be with besides, like, him hooking up with Severide's mom last year. Um, I could have sworn when she was on the first time that they were implying because they were, I remember her talking to Kelly, like her and Kelly having a conversation about she was trying to persuade Kelly to talk to Benny to come home for the kids, these sons. But I could have sworn that oh. those were Benny's biological sons. But they last night, I mean, she Beth was saying she's like, it's like Benny's like stepsons. I could have sworn they were supposed to be Benny's sons, and like, or that's what they implied earlier on. In like season one or two, whatever season it was, but I guess they weren't. I know exactly what you're talking about too, because that was that was a uh, joyriding. That was the episode that we covered from That's season where, two with Little I Nathan. Like, I know we've covered that scene before. Yes, mm-hmm. so season two, but I could have sworn she was implying that like she needs to come home for the boy, or he needs to come home for the boys, was because that was like his sons, but apparently not. Interesting. I never thought about that. So I thought that was interesting. And then, I, I mean, clearly we learned that this Benny's type was just interested women because there was a lot happening with all these different women. Yeah. They really were just, like, all completely different. That first one, though, was hysterical. She was pretty funny. The one who was hitting on Casey? Yeah. 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 Uh-oh. That was pretty funny. And then uh, did I not call that KD was going to have the medal or did I call it? Oh, you so called it. You absolutely called it. And you texted me with it. And I didn't get the chance to respond in time. But I'm glad you posted it to be like, proof, proof, I called it. Because you did. You did indeed call it. I did. Whatever, 937. I think that was. <laughs> I don't know. I like wanted to post it with like the time. But yeah, I did. I called that. But I guess we have to talk about the funeral and the Taylor Kinney of it all and, you know, everything. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have only cried at Chicago Fire in seven seasons. I've only cried three times. And Wednesday night's episode was the third. It was – I cried. I definitely cried. But can I make one complaint? Yeah. I don't understand how we didn't, the whole episode went by, and we didn't get a single Severide and Casey moment. I, what I really don't understand, though, is how we didn't get a single Severide and Katie moment the whole episode. Oh, my God. I know. Do you think anything might be end, like on the cutting room floor? I hope so. No. I just, like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't one. understand how they brought Katie back. Like, Katie had more screen time with Stella. Stella, who she didn't even know before last night. Right. Like, you're telling me she had more screen time with Stella and she didn't have a single, like, scene with separately? It just... What? What? 
And then, I mean, I, my prediction is that, like, as Severide is going through this, we'll hopefully see a scene with him and Casey. So I'm not, like, I'm still mad that we didn't get it last night. But I'm hopeful that, like, there's other chances for Casey to, like, talk to Severide about this. But I'm really <laughs> angry about the fact that we didn't get Severide and Katie. Yeah, I think we, I think we, I think we'll get Severide and Casey down the line. But yeah, Severide and Katie, that is such a bummer. I really hope that something is just like sitting on the cutting room floor. Because that was it. They right? had I such mean, a like, special relationship. Right. And like that was the whole, like, I mean, she was on the show because she was, um, I mean, like, because of her relationship with Severide, like that was the whole, I mean, then it became her and Otis. But, like, when she was on, it was on because of her and Severide and, like, them figuring out a brother-sister dynamic. And I like to think in my headcanon that they've been in touch this whole time and that they're still just as close as ever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I I wanted to see them interact. Because, like, she didn't even... For sure. They had such a good relationship. And she didn't... I mean, obviously, his mom was sitting next to him at the funeral. But, like, she was not... I mean, it's not even like, oh, they sat next... At least they sat next to each other at the funeral. No, because it was Severide and then Severide's mom and then Katie. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I... I That really... That really bothered me. I was just, like, waiting for it. And it didn't happen. That is a bummer. Such a bummer. It was good to see Mama Sev again. Yeah, and she sips shelts. She ships Stellaride. She definitely ships Stellaride. Yeah, she was very into Stella, which was nice to see. Yeah, I can't remember what she said, but she said something that I was like, oh, Mama Sev. Yeah, and just that entire scene of them, like, having their chat was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. And I don't think we need to worry as much about Kelly pushing Stella away because really he was doing it to everybody last night. Like he did it to Mama Seb too at one point. I'm not worried about him pushing Stella away, but I am kind of worried about a spiral. Oh, he's totally in the spiral. But as long <laughs> as he doesn't sleep with all of Chicago, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I guess it's true. Contain the spiral, Kelly. Contain the spiral. That's true. I love how you were just like, yeah, it's going to happen. But... <laughs> Like, oh, it's totally going to happen. Yeah. Yes, because he is so emotional, but he still finds a way to bottle up his feelings. Yeah. He's going to have to find a way. He's going to have to get comfortable with opening up to Stella because even though he is so emotional, he has not figured out how to open up to her yet. And I don't count the season finale where he was like, all I think about is you or when she woke up after the crossover. I don't count that. Yeah, I'd agree. I wouldn't count that either. Those were good moments, but not in the same way. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah, but no, I mean, just overall, I mean, Taylor Kinney, like give Taylor Kinney all the awards for last night. Once again, he crushed it. So good. So, so good. Yeah. And just, I mean, like, all the lines from the scene, like, the funeral scene itself, like, I mean, especially the one where he's, like, but every now and then when you needed him, talking about Benny, like, when you needed him the most, he had your back, whether you knew it or not, no matter what the cost. Like, it just took me too long to figure that out, but I'll never forget it. Like, I think that just sums up Uh the Benny and Severide relationship so well. It does. Yeah, that just, that whole scene was just gut-wrenching, and then... When he goes over to the casket and he's like, sleep tight, dad, you earned it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here come the tears. Here come the tears. 
And then they walked outside and, you know, all of the other firefighters were there and the ladders went up and everything. And I, yeah, I definitely cried for the third time in Chicago fire history. Wait, what were the first two again? Where you cried? So the first time that I ever cried at Chicago fire was when Mills left and they gave him the whole group hug at the end that wasn't scripted. Yep. Gina cried. Second time was 701 when Gabby and Dawson, or Gabby and Dawson, Gabby and Matt had their goodbye. And he was like, I'm just lucky I got to stand beside you as long as I did. Oh, yeah. You didn't cry at Shay's death? I didn't, actually, because I guess that means I'm just cold-hearted and horrible. I, I mean, I didn't, but I I thought, I think the one, I mean, the only reason I didn't was because I knew it was coming. So I, like, I spoiled, so it wasn't as impactful in the moment. But I would have figured you would have cried at that. No, because, I mean, you know, when we saw it, it was like we just saw Dawson and Severide find her. We saw her get taken away. And then we just saw her plaque on the wall after. We didn't see her funeral or anything. It was just kind of. Eventually we did. I guess it wasn't. We didn't see it in 301. We saw it eventually. Something like that, yeah. But 701 made me cry a couple times like when the first time I watched it with the screener yeah I cried the second and third time I was still just like oh my god <laughs> it's so it's so sad but yeah this time I definitely cried so that's three times in Chicago history yeah that I've cried a fire oh man and when they were walking away with the casket and I don't remember what was playing in the background but like as Kelly's walking he does like the Dean Winchester like single man tear cried yeah. on the cheek well, what got me was when the guy was saying all of his stuff and he was like, oh, man, I wish I remembered the word. But he was like. That's what he was saying. Yeah, that's what when Kelly was walking and listening to that and just did like the Dean Winchester. Tier, well, it yeah. wasn't even seeing oh, yeah. Kelly. Cry. Like, I mean, obviously seeing Kelly cry just made me cry harder. But it was when the guy was saying it was whatever he said right before he's gone, but not forgotten. And it was something about like. The fact that, like, his duty now is done and he's, like, up in heaven or what? I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually crying over the fact that Benny Severide is dead. Like, what the hell? Oh, man. Like, who thought I would be here right now? But we are. I know. I know. My heart breaks for Kelly. Yeah. So sad. And Michael O'Shea is the one who wrote this. And, you know, he basically had tweeted during the day. He was like, you know, this one's just kind of for anybody who has experienced the pain of losing a parent. So, oh, yeah, heartbreaking episode. Well, and a lot of people, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm fortunate enough to not have to gone through that. But a lot of people were tweeting us and saying that, like, I mean, A, obviously, A plus effort for Taylor. But just, like, B, the fact that, like, Taylor portrayed authentically what it was like to lose a parent to them at least to a lot of our listeners so that was cool to see yeah we did yeah we did get a lot of tweets like that and yeah once again another week where you guys have been super active with us you've been tweeting us emailing us telling us all your thoughts on these episodes we love that guys keep that up thank you because we love to hear from you love 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 it so yeah taylor just knocked it out of the park and it was just heartbreaking and yeah i'm i'm lucky as well i have both parents so just wow yeah it's heartbreaking yeah do we have anything else with fire no let's i guess move into 
last show, PD. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, side note, though, I will say about Fire. Did you notice that it got the highest ratings on Wednesday night? It did. No, I didn't see the ratings today. If I remember correctly, I want to say Med did a 1.2, Fire did a 1.3, and then PD did a 1.1. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. But yes, on to the final hour. So, we're going to start this final hour in a little bit of an unorthodox manner, because this episode of PD was heavy. I think heavy is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. Timely is probably not a good word for it. What do you think would be a better word? I mean, I I think it's just the result. Not the result. The result's not the word I'm looking for. Um, it was just subject to bad timing. Subject to bad timing, I will go with, yes. Because this um, basically this episode had Atwater was undercover at a mosque as, you know, a, a Muslim worshiper. Um, and it ended with a very disturbing scene, given recent news. One of the things I do want to touch on, though, I know I texted you in the middle of PD, and I was like, I mean, I, I was tired when it got to PD last night, and not because of the time. Mentally, I was wiped, because Tuesday was the election. Yeah. And... It had been months up until that point of just attack ads and news stories and negativity and just so much heavy stuff that in a way I didn't want to watch PD on Wednesday night. I just wanted to give my brain a rest. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I kind of, I had a bit of a realization this week where I was like, well, wait a second, the news and the things we're seeing on our screens it's starting to impact the way I experience and enjoy television. Have you felt that at all recently? Or is it just me? I personally haven't felt like that. Like, I feel like if anything, I've turned to, I mean, I mean, everyone always says this, but like, I feel like I've turned to television more just because for the most part, like it's pretty escapist. It allows me to just forget about who's running our country and everything. But I had a really tough time. I was actually doing well. Like, when you texted me about PD last night, you had said you were like, I'm really tired. I, like, am, I'm, ha- I'm trying to find our exact conversation. Um, where is it? Um, hold on. Oh, you said, like, are you having a hard time focusing after last night talking about the election? I'm definitely watching tonight. I'm just not, I'm into it, but I'm just tired. And I said, I'm not personally, but I understand why you are. And this was, I mean, this was in PD, um, or if the, if anything, like, towards the beginning of PD, end of fire, whatever. And then the end of PD happened, and I had a really hard time. Like, I texted you today, and I was like, I almost had to turn off. I was this close to ending, like, turning the TV off at the end of PD. And not because... If you're comfortable... Yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, if if you're comfortable talking about it, like, go ahead and tell everybody why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally comfortable talking about it. Um, so, yeah, the reason I had a hard time watching the end of PD last night um, was because of, like, what the image that I saw on my screen. 
and I know this isn't the writer's fault. Like it's like we said, it's just the result of bad timing. But the end of the episode was really hard for me just in the wake of Pittsburgh because I know that the storyline was different. Like I know that the storyline wasn't a person going into a place of worship and shooting up people because of their religion. Like I know that wasn't the storyline and I know that's what not what they were trying to promote at all. Like it was very much a storyline about misunderstandings and how in our, you know, because of our biases and everything that's going on in our country that like things can end up happening and yada yada. Like I understand that. But seeing the image of a person with a gun in a place of worship after Pittsburgh being still very fresh in my mind and a lot of the other people's minds was just a very disturbing image to me. And I have like I've had a really tough time with Pittsburgh because I don't know if we've really talked I mean I'm sure I've like with comments here and there a lot of people do probably know this but being Jewish like Pittsburgh really affected me um and yeah and so I've just had a really hard time tough time with Pittsburgh over the last like week week and a half two weeks almost and so just seeing that really affected me and then it was funny because well not funny but I was having conversation with my best friend from college today because she called me this afternoon and I was telling her I was like yeah like I've just kind of felt weird all day like kind of like half nauseous but like not really nauseous nauseous but like not really like I felt like if I was going to eat something whatever and we were talking about like I'm not really someone that deals with a lot of anxiety but like in that moment I was definitely feeling like anxious all day and I was like yeah well I think it's part of because of what I saw on TV last night but then also just waking up to the shooting in Stanford or in Thousand Oaks this after this morning like seeing all of that it was just like all a lot and I was just like it was just rough and like I said I was I was very close to turning off the tv if it hadn't switched at that point to like them taking like Jay shooting the whatever his name was I don't remember what was his name Miller whatever the fuck his name was Whatever. Not important. I don't even remember. But if it hadn't ended with that and then, like, them going outside, like, I probably would have turned the TV off. And that's, I mean, yeah, the, the content of last night's episode and the timing is part of the reason why I kind of struggled to get through this episode. Now, of course, not on a level as deeply as what you have felt in the past week week and a half but I mean I I yeah I hit a point in last night's episode probably like a quarter of the way through I was like I cannot do another episode of suspected terrorism of this hatred of you know I I just don't have the mental stamina to get through this right now I did but it was hard yeah and I think again this isn't because I hated the episode or anything like that. Like, it literally has nothing to do with, like, what actually happened in the episode and the content. Like, it has nothing to, like, it's not the writer's fault at all. Like, I get that this was planned, you know, a long time ago and this was shot probably, like, six weeks ago. Like, I get that. Like, it's not me speaking ill of the writers at all. It's just, again, it's the result of bad timing. It's the result of everything that's happening in the world and the fact that I can't get this horrific thing that happened a couple weeks ago or almost two weeks ago now in Pittsburgh like out of my head and just seeing that it just it was like seeing even though it was very different obviously because it was two very different religions but it's like almost seeing 
what could have happened like in the synagogue in Pittsburgh like on my television in some ways and it was just like very hard to watch absolutely yeah and I mean and something I mean the two of us have been the past two days I mean we've been talking a lot about just you know almost just kind of venting about you know the kind of the state of the world not that we're going to get all political on you we're definitely not but just how I know in the past two days I know one of the things that I had texted you the other day I was like I am quitting the news temporarily I can't do this I disabled my personal Twitter accounts I disabled Facebook the only thing I've got going still is the podcast Twitter because I just hit a point where I was like I can't take this anymore it's affecting the way that I consume television which is something that i love so dearly that i'm like if i can't i gotta cut it out if this is gonna negatively impact the way i watch and enjoy television i've gotta cut it out yeah and i think unfortunately for me i mean i could try to cut it out as much as i want to but the reality is is i live in dc or i live in the dc area a majority of my friends work in politics. A majority of my friends even left. I mean, and we've been gone for like the last week and a half, two weeks. I mean, some have been gone even longer than that to go work on campaigns to, you know, I mean, that's their jobs. And so when I go to dinner tomorrow night to Shabbat dinner with all of my friends, like when they talk about their jobs, like that is what they're talking about. So I can't like it. I mean, it's so seeped into my reality here that like I can't escape it. Like even if I had wanted to do all of that, like I would still hear about it tomorrow when I go have dinner with all my friends just because like when I ask them, hey, how was your week? That's what they're going to talk about because that is their jobs. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, I can't escape it like that. So for me, I'm just kind of like I've got to embrace it. I want to try to be knowledgeable on it. So when I go to dinner tomorrow night, I can be like, oh, yeah, like your boss law, your boss loss. Sorry about that, but, like, that's how it goes. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so I try to just, like, embrace it at this point. Like, I've chosen to live here for the last five years. Like, it's just the way it is. But, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a really, I mean, like you said, like, it's been a hard week. Um, The last couple days were, it's been a lot going on. And I think, yeah, it's just hard. But. I'm still... Oh, and the only reason I... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm still pretty... Fe- no, no. Besides, I mean, again, the image that I saw last night really affected me in terms of my television. I've been pretty good, though, about the other television that is happening and that I've been watching. Um, I mean, granted, though, this week it hasn't been that much because Tuesday I don't have anything on TV and then Monday's Dancing with the Stars. And I'm pretty good. Like, Dancing with the Stars is pretty good about like letting me live in that world for two hours and like not focusing on other things. So we're good on that. But yeah, it's just been this week, especially it's been hard. You know, Bryna, you could have a Tuesday night show if you so choose to do so. What FBI? Yes. I just haven't had a chance to catch up on it and it's not on Hulu. So I can't watch it with commercials, which means I actually have to devote an hour to it to watch it. That makes a difference. We 40 minutes to an hour makes a difference when you're binging and trying to catch I know. up. No, I know it does. It does, but it's really good and you need to catch up. And especially now that we can actually ask questions about it in Derek's Q&A. At this point, it'll probably it be like good. a Thanksgiving, maybe like when I'm home for Christmas kind of thing. Perfect. I can work with that. I just need you to watch it so I can talk about it with somebody. I will. I promise. 
But yeah, the only reason I wanted to start with that is just because, I mean, it was kind of an interesting thing that I kind of realized this week. I was like, oh, oh, oh I feel like it's going to be an ATX panel somewhere down the line. Oh, for sure. And I just just the way that, you know, the news and, politi- and politics just impacts television because it does, whether you believe it or not. I mean, there was nothing political. Well, I was going to say there was nothing political like in this episode of PDA. I mean, there was nothing in terms of, you know, Republicans and Democrats like going at it with each other. There was nothing like that. But just given the climate that we're in right now and what's been in the news and what, you know, what we went through on Tuesday night, it's just it kind of impacted, you know, the mental. For me, the mental stamina I had to like digest the episode. So just thought it was an interesting thing. And maybe we're not the only ones who feel that way. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll say two things. So one, um. What was I going to say? Oh, one, I I mean, I hope, I don't, again, this is how both of us were feeling, but I didn't really see anyone commenting on it, so I could be completely wrong, and maybe this is just the way that us are feeling, but I hope that if anyone else was feeling that way, like, please send us something. Like, our DMs are open, our emails are open. Like, if any, if you don't want us to share it on the podcast, like, obviously we won't. Just let us know, but, I mean, this is something we're both working through, and, I mean, we're both clearly affected by just the world that's going on and I last night. And so just, I mean, let us know. Um, but I think you bring up an interesting point in that line. The second thing I want to say was just about like, should NBC have tweaked that ending? And so I was talking this out again with my college bestie on the phone this afternoon. And I was telling, I was trying to explain the episode to her and why I was triggered by the image that I saw last night. And, I was trying to tell her and I was explaining to her, I was like, I don't really think that anything, there was anything NBC could have done because the way the image that triggered me was the very end of the episode and in the climax, like in the, in the biggest moment of the episode, the epi- the moment that tied the entire episode together. And like, I don't know what else they would have done without literally having to pull the episode and rewriting the entire thing. Because it's not like I was mm-hmm. triggered by the fact that Jay shot him. I, that wasn't what triggered me. Because if that was what had triggered me, they probably could have, like, tweaked the ending and whatever. But it was the fact of just the guy being there in the mosque with the gun. And that was kind of the culmination of everything that had happened before it. Right. It wasn't, again, it so it wasn't just, like, one little thing. It was just, like, the it was the result of everything else that had happened in the episode. And so it wasn't something they could just fix by pulling that scene and reshooting it like we know they've done in scenes past and then, like, plugging it in. It, I mean, it literally would have taken them pulling the episode and basically just, like, scrapping it for something else. And you know what is interesting is that, A, this is not the first time we've had this conversation when, some, when an episode of PD airs. Because right when we started the podcast, I mean, man, this was maybe, like, a month into it. I was in Canada, I remember, because I remember waking up in Canada to the news of the Las Vegas shooting, which was also the same week of the episode with Burgess and Tova at the festival. And one of the first conversations we had was whether NBC should have pulled that episode. I kind of remember that. So, I mean, I find that interesting because it's not the first time that this has happened. And I always go back to, did you ever watch Mr. Robot on USA? No. Okay, so you may not remember this. I do. This was probably maybe 2015 that this happened. 
there were the two reporters in Virginia who were shot live on the air. Oh, uh, I can go on about that story because that, okay, so side note about that story. I mean, that, I was watching. Oh my God, no, that's right, Virginia, that's where you live. I was watching the news when that happened. Um, this is before we knew this each is, other. I didn't oh, know this. That was my local news. It was the day I woke up early that day because I was driving back to school that day. That was in August. That is my local news station. I know, like, I don't know them. Or I didn't know them, but I know I have many multiple, like, mutual friends with them on Facebook. Like, oh, that was, like, a very impactful thing for me. That I mean, that is my local uh, news it, station, WGBJ7. Like, that is my local news station. That's before we knew each other yeah. or around that time, I think. Yeah. That, oh, my goodness. Because what I remember before. from that is that – yeah. See, what I remember from that is that there was an episode of Mr. Robot that was set to air that night and they pulled it. It was a season finale and they ended up airing it a week later because in that episode, somebody shoots themselves live on camera. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so that's the reason I always ask that question is because Mr. Robot did that. Because at first, I mean, when, when everybody was like, they're pulling their episode and airing it next week, everybody was like, well, why? I mean, yeah, what happened today is a tragedy, but it can't be that bad. Then the next week it aired and we were like, oh, that's why. Yeah. So that's why I always ask them, like, you know, should NBC have pulled this? Should they have tweaked that? But I don't think they're in a position where they could pull an episode now because all three are airing at the same time. I mean, I think if they, I think if it had been like, re, I think if it had been something very similar, like I think they could have pulled it. Like, there's nothing that like, I think they could have pulled it if it was a situation like the Mister Robot. I think they would have pulled it. I think this is just like, I mean, it's different enough to where, and it's been. I mean, God, it's. I mean, it hasn't even been that long, but it's been in television world. Like, it's been enough time between it's not like this happened the same day or like even last week was the one that aired and it's technically i mean it's terrible but like it's the way i'm gonna justify it for nbc even though i may probably don't agree with it is like to them it's like oh well it's different enough because it's not actually the guy going in there threatening to shoot up a bunch of muslims because they're muslim it's the guy going in there because he wants to find the one guy that he thinks did it when really it's a big misunderstanding and blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's different enough to them where they're like, okay, well, we're good with running this. But, yeah. Very true. Very true. I just, yeah, and it's just – and this is – not in any way us being like, oh, Chicago PD got too real last night. They need to tone it down. Not at all. No. I love my TV when it's raw and real and reflective of what's happening in the world right now. It's just that what's happening in the world right now feels like it's a little too much. And maybe it's just this week in general because of the election. But I think it's just this week and or in the last like week, week and a half, two weeks. Because honestly, I think if this episode had happened early October – I would be, I would have had no issue with like none whatsoever, right? Like and no issue with it. Even honestly, well, no, because last week I was still in my I was still uh, like Pittsburgh had already happened. But if this had been pre Pittsburgh, I would have thought nothing of it, like none. It's just what's happening in the world and like the like I said. I mean, I was texting you about it earlier. Like I haven't been able to get Pittsburgh out of my head since it happened, and the fact right. that 
so because of that, when I see this and I'm able to be like, oh shit, I mean, it's different. I mean, it's a different religion, but like, that's what I associate kind of what happened in Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh my God, this is too much. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. And it goes back to what Brina said. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we do this podcast. We talk one Chicago. But guys, I mean, we definitely are part of the outside world. So we feel these things. I mean, and you probably do, too. And that's OK. That's why we say, you know, email us, DM us, talk to us. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a scary world out there. Yeah. But. Yeah. What were your feelings on the episode overall, aside from that? It was good. I mean, it was good. I mean, it was I mean, it wasn't my favorite episode, but I really enjoyed the last scene. The last scene, like the last scene of like Jay and Upton talking. Like the la- the last okay. scene of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. You know, the scene of the guy walking into the mosque with the gun was jarring, chilling, just really, ooh, like, uncomfortable. But when Jay had distracted him enough that Atwater was able to get the detonator and Jay was able to take him down, I was like, teamwork. Like, Halstead and Atwater 2020. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was. That was. Yeah. And I mean, even Jay, like, again. Jay in that scene too, like all the, when Jay was trying to talk the guy down and all that stuff, like I like that part. It, again, it's literally just the image of the guy in the with the gun in the mosque that like just was very triggering to me. But no, but I mean, I did like it. I mean, there were definitely some parts where, or again, just I was I think just distracted by life and whatever. But um, I mean, it was good. Again, I really enjoyed the last last scene of Jay and Upton. Um, Mm-hmm. I we, we were talking about it a little bit. We're going to talk more about it in a second, but I that was probably my favorite part of the entire episode. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I don't really think I had a favorite part of the episode. It, I mean, it was very, very good. It was very good, but I mean, it was a very heavy episode. There were not a lot of light scenes. That was probably the only light scene we got. Was that one at the end? And it wasn't even that light. We right. It wasn't even that light. This was a lot different from 40 caliber breadcrumb, which was another J. It was another one that was very J heavy, especially with his past in the military. I thought this was going to be another version of that. It wasn't. I mean, I think every, I mean, like, I mean, every J episode at this point, I feel like is centered somewhat or tied somewhat to military. And this, I mean, this is a very Mm -hmm. different. I think here's the thing. So, I loved Jay's, like, self-reflection at the end of the episode. And I think it's literally everything I've ever wanted to hear from him. Like, especially when he was like, the war was a part of my life. It's not who I am. Not anymore. I just had no idea that I had any anger or bias. Literally everything I've ever wanted to hear out of Jay's mouth. Like, ever. I loved that, too. I loved that, too, because it, you know... It, it shows that, I mean, he recognizes it and he's working on it. It's it's part of being human. It's like, you know, you recognize something that you need to work on and you work on it. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's such a, it's just in terms of the PTSD too that we all know Jay's experienced. It's just, 
I love that they're showing that you can think you're over the PTSD and you might be over the big parts of the PTSD, but the trauma is still going to linger with you probably forever. I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't think it goes away for anyone, but Mm -hmm. you can mask, like just because you're over the big pumps of it and you're not having like what Miller or whatever the guy's name was, was experiencing doesn't mean that it can't affect other parts of who you are. And like Jay said, like he had anger and he had bias towards army veterans because he is one and he didn't realize that until now. And I, I just thought it was so important. Again, it's just like one of the things I've like literally always wanted to hear from Jay. It was just some sort of self-reflection on his time in the army. And this is like, again, everything I wanted. But I do agree. I mean, this is very different from their, um, 40 caliber breadcrumb. Just because, I mean, this, this the whole episode was so tied to things we're experiencing in real life. Whereas 40 caliber breadcrumb was not. Right, right. And it shows a lot of growth on Jay's part. Yeah, agree. And I think a lot of people were really liking this. I mean, we got a tweet from Leah, 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 that said she, you know, loved the focus on Jay and him saying he does the work, um, um, you know, and avoids or manages his triggers and stressors and that the word doesn't define him. Like, that's a huge deal and the most info we've had on him post-therapy, which I definitely agree you think he's still in therapy? I think he is after that. Yeah, I definitely do. If he's not, then I think this is going to, he's going to willingly go back after this, yeah. after that realization. Yeah, sure. If he's not been in therapy yeah. this whole time. And I agree with Leia. I love, I love the line about how he says he does the work because mental health, it's, it's a, managing your mental health is it's work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we all know that I, I deal with that too. And it's, it's work. I mean, you've got to, you know, you're constantly managing, you know, what is going to trigger anxiety? What's going to trigger that feeling of emptiness? You know, you got to take your medicine and, you know, do all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it is absolutely 100% work. And I love that they referred to it that way. And I love that he's making a lot of progress. Yeah. And that, you know, he recognizes these things and he's okay with opening up about them and talking about them. Yeah. I will say my one, and this isn't, I mean, this has been PD's thing for like, I guess the last season and like season five is that I love that we're getting focus on all the characters because I mean, you know, we had, we've had the Upton Ruzik stuff. We had the Burgess episode. Um, we had, who else? No, who else had, oh, I guess I'm thinking the Upton episode last week. But like every char- like character, and Ke- um, Kevin's getting his episode last week. Don't want- and we've said this before. I kind of hate though how we get things brought up for this character, and then until they have another episode that focuses on them, we don't really hear much about it. So like we probably won't hear right. about Jay going through this stuff until he gets another op- episode like kind of focused on him. Right. Like Antonio was you know, supposedly going down the track of season one Kelly and because he hasn't had an episode focused on him, we haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Is he just off in the corner popping pills? What's going on with that? I don't know, but I don't know when we'll find out about it until we get another Antonio episode. Probably. I don't know. 
I mean, surely that shoulder's still hurting him, right? Yeah, but we don't know because we haven't had anything focused on Antonio in, like, five weeks. So that's my only thing is, like, I kind of wish they would find a way to, like, balance characters better. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I knew that was coming. We're a mess tonight. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So that's my only thing is, like, I loved what we got last night, but I kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because I know we probably won't hear about it for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks. Probably not till 2019. Yeah, it's already been. Yeah. No, for sure. I know. Um, So let's go back to this final scene with the Upsteads. Basically, you know, it ended. Jay had his self-reflection, and then Haley was like, you know, let's go get a drink. That's our thing. And Halstead was like, our thing? And I'm sure all of us were just like, excuse you, you have a thing? What are you talking about? And Upton basically explained, like, you know, we both say we're fine, we're not fine, and then we go get a drink. So basically, this sparked a couple questions from you guys. And the question we got, I think we got a handful of this, like, of this question over and over. So we got a tweet from Amandine, I think is how I say your name. I'm sorry if I butchered it. I'm really sorry. But her question was, you know, can you talk about Upstead and when you think that they're getting together? We also got an email from Emily and Emily's question was, what are your thoughts on if and when Upstead will develop? So um, can we talk about Upstead and when we think they're getting together? I think they will kiss probably before this midseason finale or on the midseason finale. I'm taking the midseason finale for sure. But I want to interject one thing. That scene at the end is why my feelings currently about, like, how I'm going to feel when Upset kisses is, like, aside. That conversation at the end is why I wish they would just remain partners. Because that friendship and partnership is just so good. But I know we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, it is good. So I kind of have to set that aside. But I'm just saying, like, that conversation right there is, like, why I just wish they were being partners and friends. Because it's so good, just as it is. So if you guys don't follow us individually on Twitter, A, why the hell not? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't have to. I was just kidding. Uh, But B, you also know, you know, we both love Dancing with the Stars. And one of the highlights of this (laughs) season for us has been... Alan Bernstein and his partner Alexis Wren and how much they just love each other and so this whole season we've just been like tweeting each other like yelling at the TV like just make out already and that's the point I'm at with Upstead but in a different tone like it's more of a okay just just get this out of the way just kiss make sure you like do you have chemistry just determine if you have chemistry get it over with let's go Instead of an Alexis and Alan tone where I'm just like, make out! (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a very different, like, Alexis and Alan is like, oh my god, I'm so in love with you guys. Just, like, make out already. Like, get married. (laughs) Have babies down the line. Like, just, like, whatever. Even though I know that everything they've been doing this season is very produced. But I'm still convinced that they're still have feelings for each other. But anyway. Let me dream, Bryna. Let me dream. We all know that that was produced. But anyway. Anyway, besides the point, my point is, I definitely can agree. It's very, I kind of feel like I'm feeling the same way with, like, Connor and Ava, right? Like, we all know that it's coming at this point, so just get it over with already, make out. Although I'm very more, I'm more positive on Upstead, which, God, I never even thought I'd say those words, than I am on Connor and Ava, so 
whatever. But it's very much the same kind of thing. Let's, like, make out already. See what this is. Like, if it's what we're feeling, whatever. Like, is this going to... Okay, question off of this. Do you think... Yeah. Upstick is over or not by the time Upstead has kissed? Is Upstick still together, hooking up, Ooh. whatever? No, I don't. I don't. I think Upstead happens sort of accidentally. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with. And then. Go ahead. No, and, and then Upton has to determine what she's got with Adam. And I think she's going to really hurt him because knowing Adam and the way he is, he's going to be all in right off the get go. And she's going to be like, no, this was more of a fling. Like, what are you talking about? Well, we kind of already saw that, right? Like, Adam's out here inviting her to, like, her cousin, his cousin's party or whatever the fuck that was. And she's like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, here's my thing. I'm okay with Upstead and I could honestly maybe even come around to Upstead and like actually ship it at some point down the line if it is just Upstead because of Upstead. I am no way here for the Upsick Upstead triangle. No. Like I want Upsick to be done whatever Haley to break up with him whatever the fuck is gonna happen before Upstead happens. Before they even kiss. Yeah, because if it's a triangle and Ruzik and Halstead are taking jabs at each other, it's like, you guys are so much better than this. And you know Voight's not going to stand for it. The minute Voight gets a whiff of this, he's going to be like, get your shit together. Voight doesn't even want people hooking up, let alone a love triangle in his unit. He ain't going to stand for that shit. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, so I can be okay with Upstead. And again, maybe even like Upstead, depending on where they go, as long as it doesn't become first a love triangle. Because that's going to ruin it for me. Yeah. No, I think I think they'll kiss. I think Upstead will kiss sort of accidentally. And then Upton's going to spend an episode being like, oh, no, what do I do? Yeah. But I think Upstead happens. And by happening, I mean they kiss. Before the, the mid-season finale. In 2018. Yeah. Yes. I'd agree with yes. that. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I'm not actively shipping them, but now that I've seen them together more, I'm like, all right. Okay. Like. Mm, it's definitely worth know. exploring. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's definitely worth, like, figuring out whether something's there. I don't hate it as much as I did. How's that for phrasing? No, I'm definitely here on that. Here for that. Yeah. And we also got an email from Allison, and this is kind of relative. This is kind of a piggybacking off of that. And so Allison's question, she said, you know, do you think the writers had Upzik become a thing in order for us not to hate her ending up with Jay? And so she said, you know, with so many fans angry about the pair, do you think it might lighten the blow if the writers were to eventually have Upstead happen? So did she use Ruzik as a way to get to Jay? I don't know. I I don't think 
here's the thing. I think I could have come around on Upstead regardless of what happened with her and music. I mean, I definitely don't. I think they're going to be better than Upstead is. So, like, I guess I see if that was the writer's logic, then, like, okay, sure, it worked. But, again, my biggest problem with this whole thing is going to be if they turn it into a love triangle. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, no, I don't think they gave us Upstead to, like, soften the blow of Upstead. Or maybe they did. I don't know. That's a good question. I have been stumped. I don't know. I think if anything, the Upstead relationship just makes people hate everything more because it doesn't it wasn't Berzik like we all thought it was gonna be yeah. I think it oh I my think God. it's and gonna speaking of I mean my hope is that it just the up the point not the point of Upsick but like Upsick angers people more about Burgess like the fact that Burgess and Ruzik aren't together rather than like affecting like whatever Upton and Jay become yeah yeah, I think that's a really good point. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, the thing that pisses me off about Upsick, I'm like, what about Burgess? Like, the, you're not, you're doing her wrong. This isn't fair. Um, yeah, less so about Jay. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that for sure. Um, Speaking of Burgess, there was a brief moment in the undercover surveillance van they were in on Wednesday's episode. Somebody caught a screen cap. I didn't catch it, but I think something went awry for Kevin and Burgess just like shot up and Burgess was like oh my god Kevin and Adam just kind of like put his hand on her arm or something somebody got a screen cap of it it was like a nanosecond but you know everybody was like oh my god oh they touched um myself included because like Burzik right um but yeah in my head I was like you can't touch her arm and have your cake and eat it too Kevin Adam yeah not Kevin like yeah I was like which is it do you still love Kim or do you want to be with Upton? Yeah. But yeah, that we and that's another part of Emily's email, too. She asked, she said, do, do we feel like the writers will give us Berzik back? And to this, I just bang my head against the desk repeatedly because down the line. I'm st- I mean, I still think it's in game, but that's obviously a long time from now. So. I mean, I think they're in game. You think they're in game. Marina and Patty think they're endgame. The question is, do the writers know this? I don't know. Yeah. I think it also depends, too, on, like, what happens with Upset and, like, wait. Because PD's never been, like, I mean, maybe in the beginning, but it was a very different show in the beginning than it is now. It's not trying to become this, like, romantic show. Like, it's not trying to become, like, it wants to focus on the cases, like, it is a procedural. I, I They've decided to give us romance this season, which is great, because I always like ships, and, you know, there was not enough of that nearly last season. But, like, I almost think they're not... I think they're going to... I think they're going to be, like, a we'll have one at a time kind of thing. So if Upstead is currently moving, then Berzig is not. If they decide to break Upstead up at whatever point, if they even officially get them together, then maybe we can get Berzig back. I hate that it kind of has to be that way and that they can't find a way to, like, go back to the balance of season, like, one, two, and three when, like, they had multiple ships on the show and it was fine. 
But I also understand it's a different show with different writers and people at the helm now. So, but I, that's my theory is, like, I think while right. Upstead is, ha- if they have one up couple happening at a time, like, that is just the way they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that kind of seems like what yeah. it's happening now, right? Like, we have Upsick, and it's fine. It's not mm-hmm. fine, but whatever. And I think until, hopefully, well, maybe they'll have this love triangle, we'll transition to Upstead, but it'll still just be one couple at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any other notes on PD? Uh, I have more notes on, well, I'm going to save it for next week, but that promo, though. That promo, though, I know. Does Kevin have a girlfriend that none of us knew about? What the hell is happening? Uh-huh. What the yeah. hell is happening? So while we've all been bitching about Upzik, and Patty's been like, I really wish we would date outside the unit, Atwater's off in the corner like, joke's on y'all, I've been doing this shit for a while now. <laughs> Although, I mean, we all kind of know that it's probably going to go to hell and that it's going to be someone we can't. We only get to know for one episode. But we're going to all yeah, enjoy it's gonna it. Yeah, be somebody we should not get attached to. We're yeah, gonna we should do, not get attached we're gonna to whoever enjoy that it, is. Whatever that moment in them in bed was, we're going to enjoy it while it lasts. And then years from now, we're going to be like, remember that time we got like two seconds of Atwater with a woman and, you know, our wish for him with a love interest came true? Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, I think. That's about all we've got for tonight. And by all we've got, I mean, like, we broke two hours. We, again, we seldom break two hours. It has happened before, but it's not very often. Twice in two weeks. Because feelings. Yes, because feelings. Because feelings. Yes. So, as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We're all over the place. We're mostly on Twitter, but we're all over the place. It's meet us at Molly's right across the board. If you guys want to email us at any time for any reason, for anything, you totally can. I mean, you heard us talk just now about all the real world stuff. You guys can email us anytime. Like, seriously. Um, if you like the show, which we really hope you do because we're two hours in and you're still listening, um, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. We would ever so greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. And, yeah, we will see you guys next week. So, everybody, have a good weekend. And we will see you on Wednesday for the live tweet. Bye.